Hey everyone, welcome back to the Leadership Locker. It is your host, Rich Cardona. You're in the right place. You're in the right place if you're an aspiring entrepreneur, a new entrepreneur, or a really experienced entrepreneur who's looking to still get some knowledge from some of the problems you encounter on a day-to-day basis, because we know they're not going away. Uh, On Wednesdays, you're going to have an influencer or an industry expert who's going to share their best possible knowledge with you on a very specific subject. And look, here we've covered, we've covered sales, we've covered personal branding, we've covered marketing, we've covered negotiations. We've covered a ton. And some of those guests have included Dory Clark, Gary V, uh, Andy Frisella, uh, just tons and tons of fantastic minds. On Mondays and Fridays, you're going to get me uh, sharing, number one, I'm documenting the journey, but number two, I'm also kind of sharing some of the learnings that are taking place here in my second year of entrepreneurship. So uh, it's really important uh, that I, I do that because I know there's people who are a few steps behind or who are lateral right now doing and going through the same things I am, uh, and and I just know it could help, and that's why I do this. And today, I want to talk about something that I think could be a series but uh, how to be a good client. Okay, how to be a good client, and we'll focus specifically on price. Okay, one small aspect of price. There's a million rabbit holes you could go down, but I wanna focus on why being a good client is important as a service provider, as a business owner. Because first, let's just look at it. If you're a business owner, you know what it's like. There's, it's impossible that you haven't encountered difficult or challenging clients, especially you know when at the outset, it seemed like everything was just going to be amazing. Uh, one thing I heard recently that really stuck with me is that buyer's remorse begins right away. Okay, like once the money is paid, uh, no matter how enthusiastic and charismatic everyone was about the the relationship, the client nine times out of 10 is going to have buyer's remorse, kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, kind of anticipating a problem, waiting to see how you're going to deal with it when they have to give you negative feedback or strict feedback or when you didn't meet their intent. So the buyer's remorse begins, and there's that's again, that's a different, a totally different type of episode. But the point is this that we've all encountered tough clients. Okay. We we know what it's like to have tough clients. So by practicing on being a good client, you are gonna be far more empathetic to some of the concerns and some of the dealings that happen throughout the interactions that you have over the course of your business. So that being said, focusing on price is what I wanted to talk about. And this won't take long, but look, here's what I try and do as a client that I believe makes me a good client and makes me a better business person is I don't ask for a better price, okay? Look, I'm frugal. You might be frugal. I know what the balance sheet looks like. Got it, okay? But when I know what I want and when I know, especially if there's someone in my community, in my ecosystem, or a referral, the price is the freaking price, man. I've said that about us sticking to our price, but let them stick to their price as well, okay? Let them do their thing. The easier you are in terms of those small things, such as invoices and paying and not haggling and not trying to circumvent their pre-existing processes that allow them to help people like you and I, the more we try and stick to it and let them be the expert, the better off we're going to be as clients. Now, the reason you don't want to haggle on price is number one, you've been there. How do you feel? How do you feel 
when you, let's just do an arbitrary number. Let's just say uh, something very small, like $500 and for a service or a product or whatever it may be. And here I am with Jim and Jim's like, oh, I was actually kind of hoping for 300. If I'm offering it for 500 and that is the price and that is what allows me to run a profitable business, how does that make you feel? Usually it makes you feel almost immediate resentment. Now, of course, you could have the positive mind of being like, okay, um, here's where my negotiation comes in. Let's see where we're off. Uh, let's see what I can add potentially or what I could subtract uh, from my offer, but keep the price the same, all, you know, all these different factors. But the point is this. You know how it feels. You know how it feels when someone doesn't offer you what you value it at. Now, look, this is really applicable when you are potentially charging at a premium because you are very hell-bent on not being a commodity, which means there's no differentiation between you and everything else everyone else does. And if you are able to do so, then this is when it especially hurts. But this is also especially when you as the potential client or the client need to just shut up and pay the money happily. Just think of the feeling you get when someone doesn't haggle you, when things go smoothly, when there's you know a mutual playing field where, where it looks like no one has leverage on the other person. That's actually when a relationship starts to form, where there's just this kind of, I, I can't really explain it, but in, in the times where it's just gone seamlessly, when that phone rings for that client, my immediate feelings are positive. If and when I did not have the confidence to stick to my guns and charge the right price and I ended up giving someone a deal and now I'm doing more than I was supposed to and we're out of scope and they're demanding and they're a pain in the ass. And we all know clients who you know pay the least are the most annoying and, and, and kind of pain in the ass. Well, we know what it's like when they call, right? You're just kind of like, <sighs> and there should never be that feeling of resentment on either side. And one way that can be avoided pretty freaking quickly. And one major factor is obviously just being a good client by paying the price and not by haggling. Look, I, I said, I'm documenting the journey. This is me telling you this and documenting the journey because it's happened recently. Okay, uh, it's happened recently where I've proposed what it is, and uh, I've I've gotten some pretty interesting rebuttals back in terms of price or whatever it may be. And you know, you could sit there and say all you want. Well, maybe you didn't paint the value enough or whatever. Like, look, like I'm working on plenty. I'm gonna be fine. It doesn't bother me that these didn't work out. But what I hear from these potential clients, which means my positioning is off, is this. Well, we're a startup, you know, so, you know, our, our funds are limited. I mean, the proverbial hang up the fucking phone. Like, I, I, I seriously would just like to press the red dot and be like, see you later. I'm a fucking startup too, dude. I'm a fucking startup too. And you know how we're going to have the rise of the small businesses is by treating each other with respect and not coming and kicking tires. If what you value the most is going to be price okay, the cheapest price, you are likely going to end up paying more in the end. And I'm not talking about my services. I'm talking about all of us collectively. Okay. If the price is slightly uncomfortable for us, that's a good sign. 
and we should probably go with them. And again, if they have the reviews or if they have the uh, social proof or if they have a good case study or if they are a referral, then fucking pay it. Pay it, begin a good, long-standing relationship. Just imagine if you don't go in with the attitude of like, I want to get the most for the cheapest. Just imagine if you want to be able to give the most so that person can give the most to their business, their employees, and you in terms of the work they put out for you. So that's how you be a good client. Do not be that guy or gal that leans on that shitty rookie ass line of I'm a startup. If you're a startup, then why are we talking? Because clearly what I have to offer or whoever has to offer is not important enough for you to take it seriously because your budget means more to you. If it's marketing, if it's sales, if it's uh, an LMS, whatever it is that you need, if you really need it, you're not going in there looking for the cheapest, okay? You're not going in there looking for the cheapest. You're looking for what can solve your problem and how well it can be solved. So the whole startup thing is something that's hard for me to hear. Being a startup myself, a very small startup, um, and instead of having resentment or instead of having, you know, anger towards that, it just clearly means like I don't need to be working with startups. Okay, I need to be working with more established businesses and personnel. And we're slowly positioning ourselves and redoing a lot of different things in order to do that. And, you know, this is something Billy Jean, uh, if you don't know Billy Jean, Billy Jean is marketing. Man, like I, I've been very fortunate to have some conversations with him in his genius uh, group. This is a, uh, about a year, year and a half ago. And what he mentioned was never work with a startup, never work with a solopreneur, you know, anyone who's been doing this less than five years because they have no idea what the fuck they're doing. That's what he said. He said straight up to me, never work with anyone who's been in business for less than five years or is a solopreneur, which is crazy because that's exactly who I'm serving. And luckily, the group I have right now, my roster is fantastic. But the reason he said that is because he probably understood pretty quickly that that level of respect is not going to be there. They are fending for themselves. They're not thinking about the long-term effects of potential partnerships and relationships could be. And because they're going to be all over the place, because your idea of whatever it is that you might be able to serve them with or provide for them might be very important to them that day or that week and be unimportant the next, which again is going back to the buyer's remorse. All right, buyer's remorse is inevitable. Like, I don't, you, you have not had a client forever, probably. Like at some point, it just kind of goes away and that's just how it is. Relationships just go for a certain amount of time. So look, I've, I've thought about this a lot and that's why I wanted to make this podcast. I think being a great business owner is also being a good client. I really do. Put yourself in the shoes of the person on the other end when you go in, start trying to move shit around, get a better price, you know, let them know that you're looking or that you could get it cheaper elsewhere. You know, if someone tells you to get it cheaper elsewhere, say, I have clients who pay, who pay that, who pay what I propose to you. And I'm happy with them. End of story. Goodbye. See you later. So always remember what is most important to you, getting a problem solved or getting the cheapest price. Support other small businesses, grow with other small businesses by doing the right thing, 
letting them be the experts and letting you be the client. And being an expert client means shutting your mouth, paying the price, and having an open, transparent relationship with another service provider or another business that could potentially last a very long time. Speaking of, uh, Rich Cardona Media, we do video and podcast production A to Z. Um, Look, I mean, I just interviewed Leah Turner uh, not long ago, and she's a LinkedIn coach, but she's far more than a LinkedIn coach. But I can't help but start thinking about like all the LinkedIn coaches out there and how they tell you to optimize your profile and give you all these fucking tips and just bullshit. Like, look, like all that stuff's important. Okay, people make livings off of teaching people LinkedIn, off teaching people Instagram, off teaching people TikTok and whatever. But you know what's behind all that? that no one ever talks about is how much time it takes to create the content. Hello. So it's like, dude, that's why I do this. That's why I have a podcast that I record so that way I could get content out of it. And I have audio, I have the transcription for SEO, and I have video cuts for it. I have YouTube shorts, I have TikToks, I have Instagram, I have LinkedIn posts, fuck Facebook, whatever. But look, no one talks about the content creation process. And that's what we do. We do it via podcast production that involves video, or we do it by straight curated video content. We could do you know, about three months of content in less than five hours. So you would see me once a quarter or see someone from my team once a quarter and bang out all that content because everyone knows it's all about consistency. And you're going to burn out once you learn all the shit you need to learn Once you realize, like, I actually have to create stuff, when the hell am I going to do it? That's what we do. So whether it's on the video content creation side, on the podcast production side, that's what we do. I'm going to just tell you straight up on the video content creation side, our minimum level of of engagement for, you know, a three to six month engagement is about $10,000. On the podcast production side, it's a little bit different because everyone has different needs. Sometimes it's multiple hosts and all that other stuff. But you can check out my testimonials. You can go to richcardonamedia.com. If you have any questions, DM us. But if you want to create content and you don't want to have to worry about it and you want it done right and you want it done with some background and you want it done from someone who's reputable, who has a top 100 podcast, who knows what the hell they're doing and who grows organically and does everything the right way, then reach out. Last, rate and review this if you can. Uh, Spread it, share it with someone. Uh, That is always, always, always the best thing. And the thing that I'm most grateful for is when someone's like, hey, so-and-so introduced me to this podcast. Listen to the first episode. I loved it. Rating and reviews and sharing it are what makes this thing go. So thank you. I hope you have a fantastic day. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or uh, Instagram whenever. And it was good to talk to you guys. Take care. Thank you.